Okay, give me the nod. Ah, okay. Well, that's the second mistake I made in my life. Okay, for the, let me get this, let me look at this right. For the split sermon today, Hope in a Hopeless World, Mr. David Hope. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate that. Didn't mean to uh, necessarily put that title in there to have a play on my name or anything, but uh, it, it happened to be that way. I was telling uh, Steve earlier, that, or somebody anyway, that uh, years ago back in the old spokesman club, you know, uh, the first speech he gave was what they called the icebreaker. So you do by your, you know, you talk about yourself. Well, I never get out of that, but anyway. Uh, you, you, and I titled mine, A New Hope, and uh, the uh, Spoken Club director said, you're kind of a ham. <laughs> so anyway, but I, uh, I said, well, A New Hope, and I said, it was born in Wichita, Kansas in 1943, da-da-da, and all that, you know, but I still haven't gotten over getting that. I even named my company after me, my, you know, Hope. So anyway, but it's a good name. Uh, it's not quite as good as love. I, you know, I'd like to be loved. I played football one time in Duncan with a Terry Love, and the announcers uh, would mention a comment, you know, on a PA system from other towns, and it says, hope off and love in, you know, or there goes hope and love on the field at the same time. That has nothing to do with the message. You know, it's good to see all of you. We, My wife and I... I had the opportunity to go to Branson, Missouri for the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Tabernacles this year. To, and we had a chance to meet with some of the old friends of the United Church that we haven't seen in a long time. A lot of them we've known for 50 plus years or right around 50 years. And, and uh, But we missed you guys. We really did. We really missed you guys. We missed your music. Very, very much we missed your music. But but we had a good time. Had, uh, you know, some old acquaintances that we got with. And, and uh, just like you, I know you had some good messages here, and we did there. And, and I'm confident that anywhere in the world where they were met, gathering in God's name on the Feast of Tabernacles and the last great day, that they had good messages. I believe that if their attitudes were right. And, but, and, and it always happens, you know. And, and, and it seems like when we come back from the Feast of Tabernacles after having, you know, a good vacation God's way, uh, you know, a lot of us are full of joy. You know, so of course, some people had to come back to new jobs. I know Roy McGrew a lot of years had to come back to a new job, but he still came back refreshed and ready for another year. And, and we usually have our battery charged. It's not as easy to offend us as it had been, you know, through, uh, throughout the year. You know, we're getting away from God's holy days, and it's kind of like a long dry spell, even though we have the weekly Sabbaths every time, and God's very smart in bringing us together on our Sabbath days. He knows we need that. And, uh, but, you know, and, and the thing about the feast in, that uh, depicts, you know, a wonderful, wonderful, awesome time in the future, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys down here got that, you know, seven or eight days, you know, how awesome our future is, you know, and the the great white throne judgment and the resurrection of everyone, you know, coming up that never had the real chance that, that we have today, you know, and it's just a very, very awesome thing, and it really helps in when, when you know that a lot of these people out here in the world are not totally lost, even though some of them are pretty bad people, 
but we know, you know, from the scriptures that a lot of these people will will have a, a chance to, you know, without Satan's inspiration. And, you know, it's a very, very good time, and, and we're all just real, still pumped up from it, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, now, back in the real world today, we all have to come back into the real world, and uh, I don't mean for the uh, message to be negative, but there's some negative connotations here, but it's good, you know. It's kind of like the... Uh, 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 good news and bad news, you know, and first the bad news. <laughs> of course, we've, we've had uh, uh, eight days of good news, and now we're back into the, to the real world where we have problems. Now, you know, I used to, excuse me, I'm going to take a breath a little bit. <laughs> I used to uh, cry wolf a lot, especially the earlier days of me being in the church and the understanding I have, and and world conditions, and oh, it just seemed like every time I'd get around one of my relatives or friends that did not know this way of life, I'd I'd be telling them how bad things are going to be, you know. And oh, you know, and I've mentioned something like this before that, you know, oh, we had a drought out in certain counties out in western Oklahoma, you know, probably where Roy McGrew and them live, you know. There's drought, there's, you know, famines are coming. Or we had a flood down in Texas, you know, and crying wolf, and, and oh, here's this epidemic coming along. But I got to the point to where I got out of that, you know. I, I, uh, I didn't set dates necessarily, but I did go along with some of them that tried to set dates, and, and uh, so I've gotten out of that, and I don't cry wolf too much. But on the other hand, the way things are getting anymore, it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut and to not cry wolf, you know, to say, you know, things are really bad. You need to get your act together, or I need to get my act together. And uh, so, you know, it, it's a little hard. Like I said, you know, I've got, a, <coughs> excuse me, I've got several things down, listed down here that, uh, and you can think of more, I know. Well, it's dry, I think the... the Excuse me, the, the weather conditions right now. The, but anyway, uh, you know, about half of the western United States is on fire. You know, we've got recent fires in Colorado. You know, it's a shame. Uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, uh, California's been on fire just about all, all summer long. And um, last uh, two years ago when we were at the Feast of uh, Branson, most of you were down there, we got a call... Uh, in the middle of the night uh, on her cell phone from one of her daughters that lives out in Northern California asking for prayer. And we asked, you know, prayer for the, uh, from the Pope, you know, that um, uh, they had to evacuate, you know. And fortunately, uh, and my one daughter say, uh, she lives up on pretty well a high hill. And there's kind of valleys all around and big hill up onto the east of them. And the fire was coming up on the big hill there to the east. And uh, for some reason, instead of coming down and going toward their house, it just made a turn and went down the other side. So I, uh, I can't prove it, but you know, uh, but, but Becky thinks that you know God intervened. You know, and the prayers of people intervened. And then this year, my other daughter had to evacuate. Fortunately, they they haven't had any damage yet, and, and it's kind of gotten the the horse part is out of their area now but but still a lot of people have lost a lot of things and people are going to lose a lot of things uh, hurricanes by the number well I should say well yeah that's the number because they went through the alphabet 
you know, usually you start off in hurricane season, they, they, they start naming them by, you know, used to be women's name, female name. Now I think they use male names too. But they went through the alphabet. Now, going back through it again. And in fact, the motel that my wife and I were staying in at Branson, um, there were people that had come in there just right down from us that was evacuated or had evacuated from uh, uh, New Orleans area in Louisiana from you know what was it three or four weeks after the other one came through just a few miles from where they were, and people are evacuating again, and uh, riots that just don't stop. You think, wow, don't these people go home and eat or do something? You know, where do they sleep? They're, uh, you know, in some of our big cities, they're, they're rioting, continuing to riot. Even some of the uh, mayors, and I'm thinking it's Portland, uh, are not allowing the police to use uh, facial identification, you know, uh, to identify people. You know, you'd be walking down the street and the uh, cameras just catch certain portions of I you mean, and they tell who you are. Well, they're stopping that. It's like they want the riots to continue to go. You know, they're wanting the country to go down. I mean, that's my opinion, but then uh, even some politicians, and it's not my purpose to get into political deal today, but some politicians, I've even heard, you know, congressmen, senators, even saying the, the rioting is a good thing. These protesting, these mostly peaceful protein, proteins. Anyway, they're violent. You know, they're 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 not uh, they're they're uh, mostly uh, uh, calm. They're not, but they're not. They're they're really, they're really bad. And we have cities defunding the police. I cannot believe that. And someone said, well, if you uh, if you have uh, somebody breaking in your house or, or domestic violence or something. Uh, uh, just just call a social worker. That's what they're wanting people to do instead of being the police being involved. Is just call social workers. You know, it, it's things that don't make sense. You know, churches are being silenced all over the country. You know, uh, and I we passed our I think our local government here in Tulsa passed one just a week or so ago that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it would be I, I could be put in jail or anyone could be put in jail if we talk about certain lifestyles from up here, you know, because we're it's a hate crime, you know, the thing that Sodom and Gomorrah was uh, punished for, you know, we there, you know, it, it's getting to the point to where churches can't even do their own thing, and then I'm going to get off this negative in a minute, but uh, another they've been during the uh, COVID-19 thing. Uh, uh, one of the speakers down at Branson uh, mentioned some things in his message, and I'm just quoting on it. The divorce rate since Mar or from March to June, the divorce rate had increased 34%, you know, because of people being locked in and, and fights and all of that. And divorce rate in most of the country has been 50% anyway. Sometimes it's a little over 50%. But besides that 50%, during uh, March to June, the divorce rate has risen another 34%. Domestic violence has increased 20%. 
mental health and suicide are way up, and I've tried to get some exact figures I got on Google, but they gave me so many people, so places, and I don't want to bore you with all the statistics, but, but uh, suicide and mental health issues are way extremely up right now. And, uh, but we know that the Bible uh, predicts and warns of these times. We've been talking about it. You've heard it from the pulpit here. Uh, even here in the Tulsa congregation, different ones of our men have been, uh, even before a lot of this came out, especially the, the pandemic thing a year or so ago, and, and since then, we've been talking about how bad things are and how bad things are going to be and about prophecy and about how things... But uh, we're, let me see, but we are to be encouraged by these things when they're happening. You know, we're to be encouraged. You think, well, how can you be encouraged by violence? How can you be encouraged by the horrible things that are coming? And just bear with me a little bit, and I'm not going to stay here all day. Uh, scripture in Luke verse, or chapter 21 I've got 22 through 33, but uh, uh, nothing new, but uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have similar things. And most of the time when I get into this, I quote Matthew quite a bit. But uh, anyway, uh, Luke 21, verse 22. For these, for these, no, for these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them which are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. So we know that there will be horrible things. We know there's beginning to be that way. And, and this one scripture, verse 23, uh, kind of remind me of a situation that happened here, I don't know, a few years ago. 10 years ago, I don't remember how it been a few years back, but uh, where it says, uh, uh, Woe unto them that were a child and to give suck. When my wife and I had gone to uh, uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, Prophecy Seminar. You'll see them maybe once a year. Different ones of the congregations will get together and they'll sponsor a seminar. And we went to it. And it was good. It was a very good presentation. And we were sitting in the auditorium like we are here and, and uh, Fran and I were sitting kind of like where Steve was sitting and, and a young couple was sitting just across the aisle over there and uh, well they were really concerned they were a young couple uh, probably in their early to mid 20s and they wanted to have children but they were afraid to and they they, they wondered well, should we not even have children I think we won't you know I'd love to have children but they were really afraid to do it and uh, I wasn't a teacher, but you know I was a excuse me participant, and uh, I told him during the break that uh, I said I understand where you're coming from. I said my wife and I were the same way. We got married at 18, and and not too long after that we came into some of this understanding about uh, you know what we're understanding you know about the end time and Jesus returning to the earth and things of that nature, and, and I said we we thought about the same thing. But we went ahead and stepped out on faith, and I said, to make a long story short, we ended up having six children. Uh, at that time, we probably had 10 grandkids, I think. We've got 16 now, but anyway, uh, I said, and we even have great-grandkids now. Well, no, I didn't say that because we didn't have great-grandkids. We had grandkids now. So I said, you know, you just have to go by faith. You know, it, it, you want to be 
reasonable about it, but you know, these things are, and, and it's good to think about. But anyway, that, that scripture uh, has a long-term uh, meaning for me. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away, captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And like I said, Matthew and, and uh, uh, Luke or Mark will say a little different, but they're the essence the same. Verse 25, and there shall be signs, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. And, you know, some of us are already becoming perplexed when we can, cannot believe how, how things are going. I can't believe, and I've probably mentioned this before, but I can't believe how easy it was for uh, us to America to lose our freedoms where just anybody that's not even elected official can make, make proclamations and, and cause us to, uh, what do they call it, shelter at home. And I'm not saying that, that uh, you don't do that. I'm saying we do need to make precautions, but it just made me realize how easy it is for America to, to, to come to the situation that we, the church had talked about for years. We talked about, I've told my kids for years, you know, one of these days America will collapse within and, you know, and very likely we'll be taken captive. We'll be taken, you know, to other places of the world, just like ancient Israel did and some of the others. I said, these things are going to happen. And people think, you know, how can this happen? We're a great, we're a powerful nation. We've been here for, what, two or three, four hundred years in our Constitution. But, you know, it's, it's to the point that, that we are very vulnerable right now. And I just could not believe it. And, and I thought it was pretty... Uh, uh, not significant, but I thought it was awesome. Years ago, uh, when uh, the wall of Berlin came down, and some people that don't mean anything, but those of us that had been in the church for a long time, and you remember that, Ron, it was talking about, you know, East and West Germany. One of these days are going to unite, are going to be together again. It's not going to be like it is now. And this was way before it ever happened, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. And, uh, what was it, about 91 or something like that time period, the wall came down. It was so easy. It wasn't like a battle, a fight, or anything else, you know. In East and West Germany, was able to, and, and some of you think, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, you just have to look into some of the other scriptures and stuff, and I'm not going to go there today. But it, it just boggled my mind. Uh, anyway, and there should be, oh, I have to think I read this. Uh, and this, I'm going to read verse 25 again just get my continuity. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity and the waves of waves roaring. You know, the, the waves are really roaring. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but the hurricanes, you know, when they come in out there with, with uh, not tidal waves, but uh, uh, what, what do you call the uh, uh, flood uh, force? Anyway, uh, but men, verse 26, men's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. We haven't seen too much of that yet, or maybe we have. But, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with great glory. And yeah, that would make a lot of people quake, but uh, still future. Uh, verse 28, and when these things begin to come to pass, 
you know, we've seen some of these things begin to come to pass over the years. We're seeing a lot of that stuff escalate now. But and you say when you when you and when these things begin to come to pass, look up. You know, don't get negative about it. Uh, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws near. So the 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 worser and worser, Reggie, <laughs> worser. Anyway, the worst things yet, the, 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 the closer it gets, the, the more likely it is that we're going to be uh, seeing our redemption being changed into human, uh, spirit being. And he spoke to them a parable, Behold a fig tree, and we've read this recently, and all the trees, uh, the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, and you shall know, uh, and, you, and you see and know, your own selves that summer is near. So, you know, we know when little buds come out on a peach tree, you know, flowers bloom. We know summer's right, right around the corner. We know it's not long off. And when we see these signs, Jesus said, you know, just like in nature, you, you can tell that it's not far off. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know you that the kingdom of God is at hand. So. The worse things get and the more things are coming our way and more prophecies are fulfilled, the closer it is that, that God's kingdom will come and that uh, uh, proverbial uh, feast of uh, trumpets, you know, that trumpet blast, the twinkling of an eye. Verse 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away until all be fulfilled. And of course, Matthew 24 says the same, uh, tells it, it says that no flesh will be saved alive. You know, unless Jesus intervenes and comes back on the, on the proverbial Feast of Trumpets, unless he comes back on that time period, there's no flesh going to be saved. And, and uh, without being too redundant, uh, to the, the older people have been around for a long time, but a lot of people, you know, may not have heard some of these things. But, um, uh, a lot, of, a lot of scholars would say, you know, a lot of this was not, po was not possible until roughly around the World War II area, you know, when, when a lot of the weapons of mass destruction were developed, the atomic bomb, atom bomb, and, and a lot of the chemical warfare. A lot, of, a lot of that stuff was not possible where all flesh could be destroyed off of the earth. You, you know, we've heard this before. But uh, it, it is possible, and like some of them say, uh, we can destroy man and all flesh many times over, not just once, but we have ways that we can destroy everything. And, but then Jesus, and it's not in this one, but Jesus said, but for the elect's sake, these days will be shortened. You know, for our sake and for others like us, their sake, these, those days will be shortened. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We can count on Jesus' words being true. We'll go over to um, Hebrews, the third chapter. Most, uh, I guess pretty well all my stuff today is in the New Testament. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Here's a message to us. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So this is just a reminder, you know, even though we're pumped up now from the feast, we're, we're encouraged now, but we must not give up. We must not slack off on our 
personal Bible study and our prayer and our working on ourselves and trying to look at the better part of individuals, trying to love somebody instead of, you know, accusing them of bad behavior. We need to work on that and not depart from the living God. But exhort one another, and that's what we do when we come together, not just from up here. You don't have to be up here to exhort one another. You know, we can exhort one another and encourage one another uh, just by being here, being around. And, uh, but, but exhort one another while it is called today, you know, while we still have time, while the conditions are well. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So we, we have to, between now and the Passover, when we get another boost in our life, you know, uh, we need to, to, to do everything we can to stay powerful and strong and, and to have the God's Holy Spirit increasing with us and, and encouraging one another and, and uplifting one another. Verse 14, for we are partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning. It's not, ne- it's not automatic. If we hold to the, if we, excuse me, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. You know, we're not just because we're saved once that, that we've got it made. We've got to continue to work on it, not that we fear, not we're, uh, we're just cautious. And uh, just a little technical thing, uh, uh, I wanted to dwell on the word of uh, exhort a little bit. And for those scholarly type that, that like the uh, Greek words and, and the Strong's numbers and all of that, uh, this particular word on uh, exhort, and it's talked about exhorting and things of that nature, it's almost the same word. It's uh, Strong's number 3870 uh, and... I'm not real good about pronouncing Parak. Uh, yeah, anyway, forget it. Uh, from the New Testament, da, 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 and all that. But it's to call near, to invite, you know, or to invite each other, to invoke, to implore, implore. You know, I'm imploring you today, I'm imploring myself to stay totally committed to God. Exhortation or consolation. And here's some of the words, that, that, that was kind of the overall meaning, and here's some of the words that you'll find that particular number uh, uh, listed. Beseech, call for, be of good, be of good comfort, desire, give, exhort, action, entreat. And now that was a strong uh, Greek meaning of it. Now here's for just a plain common English definition, short version of it. To urge somebody strongly and earnestly to do something. You know, to urge somebody in in here to to give somebody urgent and earnest advice. You know, we're we're not trying to preach. uh, preach, Yeah, we are trying to preach, I guess, in a way. But we're not trying to condemn one another. But if we see things that, uh, you know, if you see things that, that will help me in my life, you know, uh, you're to exhort me, you're to entreat me, you're to try to convince me to change my way, change my thinking. You know, you're not, you're not going to spread all my sins and problems around, but, you know, you're going to exert, you're going to exhort me, and I'm going to exhort you the best I can, and, and some people are better at it than others. I'm, I sound like I'm preaching sometimes when I do it, and I may sound a little self-righteous, I don't mean to be, because I have problems too. 
And uh, but there's some. I have some of my kids are really good about that. You know, they're really good. Said this is not acceptable. You know, and all that. And when I do that, I, I just make people mad. But anyway, I, I want to exhort you, and I want you to exhort me. And and we'll go over to my last scripture of the day, uh, Hebrews 10, verse 22 to 25. Um, uh, we read this quite a bit. I do anyway. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an uh, evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know, we've been baptized. We've been washed in the pure water and symbolizing of Christ, excuse me, Christ's blood. You know, we've, we've, we have this assurance. We are, we're clean every day. We, we sin every day, but when we forbid, I mean, when we ask for forgiveness for our sins, you know, and really mean it and really work on it and ask for God's Holy Spirit, when we, we are clean every day when we do that. We don't have to be baptized every day, but we're clean every day. So no matter what we've done, no matter we think that, well, I have just done so bad and I just can't seem to get this out of my life, when God knows the heart, and there's scriptures, and I'm not taking time today to go in there about the Spirit knows the, the heart, knows what we're thinking, uh, you know, but we are clean if we are literally trying to do this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. There's no reason why we don't continue to have faith, for He is faithful that promised. And we know other scriptures where it says, it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. 24, and let us consider one another. You consider people on the other side of the aisle, and they consider you, and I'll consider you. Let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works. So this, you know, this, this is the apostle encouraging. It's not just me saying it, but it's the apostle, Jesus Christ's inspired words. Not forsaking, and how many times do we read this? And how many times is it important not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together? So much more, or as the manner of some is. Some people do. Some people just take it so lightly. You know, we've got people that drive 100 miles or so to church, you know. We, and, and we have people that, that live uh, 10, 15 minutes away that won't come to church. You know, am I judgmental? No. I'd like to ignore them if I, if I could talk to them. But anyway, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more, so much more as you see the day approaching. And we're seeing it worse and worse all the time. And, and I'm not saying let's be afraid, but we've got the promises of God. And God will, he said, if God be for you, who can be against you? You know, if we have a problem with the Sabbath, we have a problem with this or that, God will be with you. I guarantee it. In conclusion, we do live in a very troublesome time. Nobody will deny that. But we also know that the kingdom of God is not far away. We know that. We've been uh, uh, talked about that the last several days, or several weeks. So let us... Let's have each other's back. You know, you have my back and I'll have your back. And love one another and encourage one another. And thank all of you for being here today. I'm glad for my sake.